0: what is up everybody welcome back to another episode of um unscripted and unapologetic got my incense here check and it didn't stay lit uh got a lot to talk about on this thursday edition february 10th um and some pretty dark stuff so um here we go. I will include all notes and links um, in the podcast sub- uh, description. Um, please feel free. Uh, I highly encourage you um, if you dig this even a little bit. Remember, I'm still in the early stages of developing it, but to share it very widely. Please feel free to subscribe and feel even freer to, you know, donate. since. Um, I'm shameless about asking especially uh heaven forbid i should grow an audience but this is really um this is this is some heavy times that we're in and while there's ups and downs and there's there's definitely reasons to be optimistic um no doubt about it it's uh all right to be anxious and um and definitely uh, curious about um, about what's around the corner. So, uh, I put together. I always put together uh, show notes. Um, unscripted doesn't necessarily mean that I fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, I explain a little bit here. Um, so, first, uh, you can subscribe on Substack. Um, the link is going to be provided again in the show uh, in the show notes. Um, it'll be Uh, under the Unscripted Podcast, News Stories, and there's a newsletter. And it can also be found on Spotify, uh, Stitcher, which I'm not too familiar with, but apparently it's distributed there, and on um, Apple Podcast as well. Uh, So like I said, even though this is called unscripted, unapologetic is just because I'm not politically correct at all. And even if I get banned from a platform, uh, I'm going to speak on what I'm going to speak on. And that's just that i'll do that for as long as i can and um yeah that's just what it is so um but the unscripted means that i don't necessarily have a set day-to-day format things can change and what's more than that is that anybody who knows me if you're one of like the four people so far that listen to this or listen to even part of this you know that i hit a bullet point um a topic point and then i tend to wander off on somewhat or very disjointed uh albeit relevant um and hopefully i think personally uh, but unbiased interesting kind of sidebar rants um at least that's what i've been told um but i always find my way uh back to the main topic uh actually that's a lie I don't always um, especially after working a night shift sometimes they just kind of fall off the cliff and we move on but you know there's a lot all joking aside there's a lot of uh, nuts and bolts a lot of irons in the, a lot of irons in the fire there's a lot of shit going on um a lot of pieces to the puzzle and so it's overwhelming especially when you're trying to wake people up to what's actually going on um Uh, oftentimes people will get frustrated here I am by the way I'm recognizing that I'm going off on one of my disjointed side rants but when people get frustrated about the fact that uh, a lot of people aren't waking up you know I have one of my very close friends his strategy is just to do what he calls info dumps and uh, I get why because we're running out of time but it took me, you know, I'm 40 years old. It took me easily 18 years to get to this point. So uh, where, where, you know, I'm seeing the big picture of people. And in the last year, really, um, what kind of solidified that for me and helped me bring it all together was um, interviewing and subsequently befriending independent researcher Allison McDowell. Uh, who I will mention a lot because her work is so important. Um, Her research is so factual that um, if you reject it, it's simply because understandably, it scares you so much, you shit down both your legs, Um, seriously. Um, All right, so it's Thursday. What does Thursday mean? Well, besides this podcast, Thursday means um, it's my Friday. Which is great because working overnights uh fucking sucks and um, although I'm grateful to have a job uh, i I can barely cover my most basic basic expenses because even though there is uh an executive order that says that you know um, we're protected here in Texas, uh try getting a job um, like I mean, I don't know that 7-Eleven screens uh, makes you, uh, you know, test weekly or whatever, but um, I can't survive on that. I don't know anybody who can. And, um, and the reality is, is that uh, in Austin, my options are just um, barring something miraculous. My options are just they're out. I'm out of options. I mean, um, believe me, I have really vigorously applied far and wide to jobs um, within Texas, uh, even in West Texas. Um, I've applied in Texas, New Mexico, Arkansas, South Carolina. uh, Let's see. uh, Those are the main ones besides Florida. And Florida is where I get uh, uh, the majority of my responses. And uh, Florida is where a lot of Uh, employers seek me out too through you know sites like indeed and even there um in a state where they've legislated it to protect you most places not all but most still require it so um anyway like i said i'm not the only one uh it's tough to cover your, your basic expenses in austin and this job um I, I, you know, I'm barely making it. Like I have no problem eating rice and beans, um, but it gets old after a while. And it also kind of, you know, you get older. It kind of fucks with your regularity. You know, just leave it at that. And hey, look, I, I live in a tiny house with no running water. So that translates into think about it: no bathroom, no kitchen. Uh, Essentially, what you've got is uh, a pretty nice shed. Anyway, um, suffice it to say that I'm a minimalist. Um, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again, uh, at least (laughs) one of the benefits is I won't be as shell-shocked. If I lose everything, um, I won't be as shell-shocked as as most people uh, who have a a fucking toilet in their house. Um, Now, before your mind wanders, if it hasn't already, into weird territory about how I take care of uh, certain needs, shall we say, let's just uh, kind of hop into it. In general, the podcast schedule w- will normally go a little something like this, but it can change on a dime at any time, you know, for no reason at all. Tuesdays, Tuesdays will be um, a storytelling type of podcast that addresses this, the circumstance that we're in. A current issue uh, is what it says in the notes, but really it's the the Great Reset, The what's down the road, the circumstance that we're in. Um, for the foreseeable future, like like I just said, that issue will be the pandemic, but not just the pandemic so much as where, where we're headed. Because again, just stage one, just stage one. Uh, the pandemic is, it's not like we're going to, they're, they're, this is, they're running us through the gauntlet to, it's social engineering to change us. Um, and the chief focus will be on how this machine is far more interested in our young. I've said it again, I'll be very redundant a lot of times because this is so important to me and I know to a lot of people, our posterity, our our youth, um, as a, uh, a youngin that was, um, severely injured by the DTP vaccine, um, and subjected to, Uh, horrific abuse at an inpatient facility that was supposed to be helping me um it's a it's a serious passion of mine and I I really because I you know I work with kids that's been my uh, did uh and hopefully will at least part-time again but I don't have a family so I can risk more and I want to be able to be a voice for those who do um I don't always know what that's going to look like, it'll look like this, it'll look like storytelling, it'll look like I, I, you know, take it on the road, talk to people, I don't know. You know, I'm just a regular dude. I'm not a genius. I think I'm smart and clever. But I don't have any more answers necessarily than the next person. Um, I just know that the our youth is who they're after. Okay, our youth is there, you know, and I'm talking like, you know, even in your mid-20s and, and younger, but the younger, the better. They're just going to inculcate them into this, into this virtual augmented reality that has nothing to do with the natural world, um, essentially robbing them of all the things that it means to be human. Okay, um, So uh, we have to protect them. So on Tuesdays, unless there's a guest, um, that will be, in general, the theme. Thursdays, Uh, Thursdays, by Thursday, I'm so fucking tired that uh, I'm essentially hallucinating and hardly responsible for what comes out of my mouth. So Thursdays are almost always going to be for the 18 plus crowd. Here's the outline. Three or more headlines. Um, Now, watching mainstream news at this point makes me... uh, it makes me wild and wild with fury and, and rage. Uh So I try to avoid it, even though I know I need to subject myself to it to take on or or engage in, sorry, take on, be friendly, engage in discussion with uh, the people that um, watch MSNBC and CNN uh, and, you know, praise it as if it's like, you know, gospel or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how someone can watch, um, Brian Stelter on a show called "Fucking Reliable Sources." Of all, I mean, it's just it's it's a joke It's like a cartoon. I don't know how they. I mean, for, he looks like something that came out of someone's ass. He looks like a giant turd. His show is action packed. <clears throat> I mean, nice and action packed with nothing but deception and fucking lies, lies, lies. And it's called Reliable Sources. Talk about Orwellian doublespeak. But I, anyway again, off on a disjointed rant. CNN makes me so mad. Uh, Because they really are. I mean, they're all MSNBC, they're despicable. But CNN, I think is uh, particularly special in in terms of just how fucking terrible they are. Uh, Remember, I said 18 plus. Um, Anyway, So I'll pull a headline from the right side of the media shit show and I'll pull a headline from the left side of the media shit show, uh, which is really, to be fair, it's much harder because there's so much more shit in there that you kind of got to wade through and it's really messy and disgusting. Uh, So, but anyway, and then number three will be uh, a tweet. And today's tweet comes from the Toronto Star. And I have included pictures of it in the, um, in the, in the notes. But I, there will be a couple more headlines as well, uh, stemming from the Shannon Joy Show. Now, the Toronto Star, this is like a classic example of gaslighting. The Toronto Star tweets out, um, her mom died of COVID after attending anti-vaccine rallies this Toronto woman wants to warn others. Um, They go on, quote, she's a good example of someone who got brainwashed over the years. Yes, you know, brainwashed by those factual, uh, by facts and by, you know, self uh, autonomy and having rights, that brainwashing, it's just terrible. Oof. Um, Said, Uti uh, Lair, a York University professor who attended Saturday's counter protest at the University of Toronto to support the healthcare workers. Of course, you know, we support healthcare workers. It, uh, so I, I don't want to get into a whole sidebar about that. These people are, um, I, I consider these people, some people may think this is harsh, but you know what? Counter people like that are the fucking handmaidens of hell. If you're a healthcare worker and you're aware that something is wrong and you're not doing anything you're a handmaid you're you fall into what I call the category of handmaidens from hell so you're you're helping to perpetrate the crime, but most people have trusted the institutions um had reason to trust the institutions, and so they may be slow to be waking up, but you know you they are just doing what they believe is right. And uh, I do believe people fall into that category. Anyway, so here are some of the responses. Um, One gentleman said, uh, yep, another one lost because after two years, we still have no early treatments, but anyone uh, who dies, it's because they didn't take a vaccine that may or may not work. Maybe uh, do some real reporting and ask where the treatments are. Um, Another individual goes on to say um, that the vaccines have absolutely been shown to work. Uh, She said, I don't know if it's, a. I think it's a she, I don't know. Um, This individual says uh, they don't offer 100% protection from getting the disease. But if everyone were to get vaccinated, there would be a lot fewer people spreading around now this is an example of someone literally um spewing uh, uh, diarrhea from their mouth if you've ever heard that i mean she uh he she whatever might as well have uh have shit literally be like blowing blasting ass out of their mouth um when uh when they speak like this I i responded um Uh, I stated, um, can I asked, stated, whatever, can you cite the studies to back your claim? They've meaning uh, the experts quote, even admitted vaccinated people can and in fact do transmit the virus. And they roll they've rolled back the claim that it's 95% effective, hence third and fourth boosters. I'm happy to learn uh, if you have evidence, please share. Um, that person's not going to share. And if they do, uh, share some bullshit, uh, which will be some, usually they'll be like Fauci said, it'll be weak tea. Um, and then I'll invite them to a Zoom interview. And then they'll either ignore me or say something like, you know, uh, you know, nasty. And that's just the way that it goes. Um, or sometimes. They come around does that happen trying to think uh not that i can remember before we go any further i do want to be clear that my heart aches for anyone who has lost someone my father had uh covid um this summer and he's 77 and um He got life-saving uh treatment um and was it was uh, i don't want to speak too much on the personal matter but suffice it to say you know i mean he got interventions it was mostly that he was fatigued but my point is that had he i'm going to be upset when my father passes of course anyway Um, my parents are amazing people Uh, my father is my mentor my friend uh and still very much my father um you know none of us want to lose people we love with that wild crazy love you know um uh it's terrible so you know i'm not trying to shit all over this person i think that the toronto star uh picked this story um as a matter of uh gaslighting you know the the, the Toronto Star picked this story, um, the fact that they did it, it's just an absurd and insulting attempt, essentially, to gaslight people into seeking answers uh, to all kinds of questions, um, or out of, rather. Um, they don't want people to to stray from the, the narrative they just they they don't they don't so um i mean it's it's a shame that they are exploiting this person and it's a shame that uh, or this family or whatever and it's a shame that the family's letting them do it uh but that's just what happens you know when when you have mass mental illness anyways the next two headlines before i fucking puke we need to we need to go ahead and get through them uh, and when I say them, I'm I'm talking I need to take a those deep soothing breaths that my doctor talked to me about to bring down the BP, blood pressure and the heart rate. CNN I'm talking about CNN. The article is uh, in the links, and it's uh, an unvaccinated truck driver died from COVID nineteen his mom has a message for protesting Canadian uh, truckers. So, you know, we're going to teach, we're going to teach those those truckers, you know, lesson. We're going to show them how much, you know, damage uh, they're doing. Um, it, it's like, where do they find these people, you know? So here's here's a little bit of the article um, by, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name and it doesn't matter because uh, none of these people are journalists, uh, which, so so that's okay. Um, Mark, uh, Marg, uh, Macon's family has been in the trucking business for generations. As she watches the crowds of truckers protesting, uh, vaccine mandates across Canada, she wants to tell them about her son who died from COVID-19. David Mitchell, 70, okay, 70. Things happen when you're 70, just saying, like my dad. Was, is 77, I mean, I would have been just as much, if not more, concerned if he got influenza. But anyway, David Mitchell, 70, was a veteran trucker before he died on October 15, Macon said. Uh, I mean, holy shit, you'd think that we're talking about like, you know, a uh, incredibly healthy, uh, like 16-year-old kid that just dropped out of COVID-19. Now he's 70. Again, my heart aches, but anyway. Says uh, her son was not vaccinated. Holy shit, folks, there it is. Her son was not vaccinated. There's that, there it is. There it is, right there. She could just stop the entire article right there, point made, but it goes on. Quote, it's a horrible thing to watch somebody die of this disease. I just want to know is it a joyous thing to watch somebody die of a different disease? Like, if her son, like, somehow, like, uh, out of the blue, like, got fucking leprosy, would that be, like, uh, Star Spangled fucking awesome? Like, would they be, like, overjoyed and be like, oh, this is really great? Like, if, if, uh, if he had, like, fucking uh, bone cancer or pancreatic cancer, if, uh, you know, I mean, like, w- what disease? is pleasurable to watch somebody die of. Please tell me. And I'm, all, all I'm being, you know, I know is had tone of joking and being sarcastic, you know, some dark gallows humor, as that was called, uh, but I'm being serious here. I mean, this is just, just ridiculous reporting. Uh, it's a horrible thing to watch someone die of this disease, Macon's who lives in a small Ontario town, uh, told CNN Tuesday. Uh, goes on, quote, I'm hoping these truckers can hear what I have to say and how bad COVID can be and maybe save somebody in their family or even themselves. Get a fucking grip. I would say go to a goddamn psychiatrist, but they're fucking all in the fold, too, for the most part. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I mean, for God's sakes, this is just I'm getting fucking constipated reading this thousands of Canadian truckers are in their second week of protests good for them by the way good for them Uh, protests against a mandate requiring drivers entering Canada to be fully vaccinated or face testing and quarantine requirements the group also opposes other restrictions like mask mandates and COVID-19 lockdowns the protests stemmed from the Freedom Convoy of Truckers, which traversed the country before arriving in Ottawa, crippling a city capital. Holy shit, they're crippling the city capital! Make it sound like they're, you know, I don't know. Oh, what was happening in the summer of 2020? Oh, yeah, the United States was on fire. I didn't hear anybody talking about how Portland was crippled. It was. How Seattle was crippled. It was how other places were like burning. and They were, but they didn't use that, that, uh, that language at all. No, that was, that was good. That was other stuff. I mean, that was justified. No, that was horrific. It was, it was terrorism point blank. I don't give a fuck how you want to justify it. Okay. That's what that was. But these people being thoroughly and in i mean peaceful in totality and they're they're crippling the city no you know i say honestly at this point i if i had my magic wand i would put a hundred million of us in dc and disband the federal government you want to talk crippling a city you know um and and do it with uh without violence if they want to be violent toward us uh you know fine but and it will come with uh well, and i say this stuff not uh like i'm you know i'm the shit and i'm not afraid it is it does scare me to a point it makes me very anxious i don't want to get hurt but i also know that um this is going to take sacrifice and and these individuals these truckers and the people that are closely supporting them understand that and they're doing it anyway and that that is the essence of the human spirit that is so inspiring you know the gofundme that raised i don't want to quote the amount of money because i don't i don't remember but it was a ton of money gofundme uh shut down the account and they're going to redistribute it i mean that is so thuggish and criminal imagine if that happened in any other just without even naming the organizations, some other organizations, it would be uh, just arms across America and the world. And you know what, they would be right. And uh, people should be just as disgusted here. Um, Canadian prime minister, piece of shit. I mean, Justin Trudeau uh, has said these protesters represent a small, a, a quote, small fringe minority. Nearly 90% of Canada's truckers are fully vaccinated and eligible to cross the border, according to the government. Um, Mitchell was sick in bed for days before he was taken to the hospital, Macon said. Again, this is the 70-year-old, so, you know, young strapping lad. Uh, He was released after some testing. He looked very ill to me, Macon said. Um, He was in bed and in a great deal of pain, and couldn't even reach for his cell phone. And again, my heart aches for these people, but but there's people dying of influenza, of pneumonia. I mean, it's just this, this. anyway. His condition didn't improve even after a week. On September 18th, he was having difficulty breathing and moaning in pain, Nacon said. He was readmitted to the hospital and immediately put on a ventilator. Well, there, I mean, Oh my goodness. I struggle. Because the, this These people do it to themselves, honestly, in some cases. They do it to themselves. And instead of dismissing all of the so-called conspiracy theorists who uh, have solutions because they actually know what's going on, not all of them, some of them are genuine, some people are just genuinely batshit crazy, but most of the people that, that uh, your regular... Everyday person who, you know, watches mainstream media and hangs on every word Fauci says, um, they dismiss automatically, right out of hand, anything that people say that's different than that. Um, when, in fact, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but we're right and they're wrong. So she takes them to the hospital, they put them on a ventilator, and I can guarantee you, we know that that's boom, bing, bang, boom death sentence uh you done da, done 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 at that point and shit is fucking tragic but it is that's the way it is um uh, mitchell was given paralytics um which are used to prevent patients from moving while on a ventilator of, of course um so i'm sure that was uh spectacular for his frail body um he couldn't even move his eyes or his hands making recalls in tears so you know i mean All of this is uh, very sad, but it's thoroughly unnecessary detail. Uh, This is not relevant at all, you know, like at all, you know, the process of him being on a ventilator. He was given a paralytic. uh, I forget the name of the drug that they put you on. Watch a lot of house back in the day, so I know these things. But the point is that this is just to play on people's emotions. None of these people are journalists. Shame on all of them. Uh, and I really mean that. And I will hold my, my actual feelings about CNN. For, you know, fuck it. CNN, and all these, these organizations are, are terrorists, terrorist organizations. That's, if you, you look at the definition of terrorism, and then you compare it, juxtapose it with how these people operate, fits hand in glove. When the family decided to take him off the ventilator, Mitchell died within minutes, with his mother and loved ones holding his hand. Macon's lost her last surviving child that day. He was was 70, so uh, anyway. Uh, Mitchell was Macon's oldest child. She lost her son, Bruce, uh, in 2020, and her daughter, Jane, in 2010, both to cancer. That's very sad, genuinely. and I, I my heart goes out to this person because perhaps she's just incredibly just drunk with grief. And I, I don't mean that in a comical way, like literally just like, I mean, just really grieving and, and not uh, open or receptive to uh, objective reality. She said, uh, quote, now all my children are gone. She said it's sort of uh, the wrong way around it's not the way it's supposed to be. And she's right about that, you you know, you're not supposed to outlive your children. Um, Mitchell leaves behind two sons, a daughter and five grandchildren. So again, they're talking about this person, like uh, initially, like you would think he's 70 years old. I'm not saying that that, that that means that his dying is cool. I'm just saying like, he's in a high risk group. You know, I worry again. My dad has uh, rheumatoid arthritis. I worry, and my mom with some of her maladies, about them getting influenza far more, far more than COVID, at least right now. Um, That could change. She says, my son was not an anti-vaxxer. Here we go. Here we go. Because you knew they were going to crack that up. It wouldn't be a CNN article on COVID-19 if they didn't throw a, a, a tagline in there like that. Uh, Mitchell never got vaccinated, but it wasn't because he was against the vaccine, according to his mother. Heaven forbid. My son was not an anti-vaxxer. He just claimed he didn't have the time. And if he was here, he would be sorry, wouldn't he? Macon said. Now that's despicable. That's a despicable thing for her to say. He knew that he should get it, but he just didn't. Uh, He just didn't get around to doing it. Um, How do we know that that's actually how he felt? I don't know that I believe her, to be honest. That may sound callous to some, I don't give a shit. Um, This is, you know, I'm gonna read a little bit more and then I'm gonna move on because this is just, this is, I mean, CNN is the worst of the worst. They really are. They're so horrifying, Um, these people, and and they're just, they're so shameless. It's, it's truly foul and just despicable. Anyway, Mitchell worked a lot driving across Canada and sleeping in his rig. He often brought his dog, Bull, along for the ride, his mom said. Again, com- playing on your emotions, completely fucking irrelevant unnecessary details. His fellow truckers called him a legend, Macon said. Mitchell became a trucker when he was around 19 and he was still working at the age of 70 until he fell ill, she added. He was very likable. Uh wasn't very good with uh wasn't very good with the dollar. He spent everything or gave it away if he couldn't spend it on himself. Ah, so he was a saint. Well, that's nice that he was a nice guy. Uh, but you know what? You can read the rest of this if you want to, because um, there's just about as much um, excrement as I can take. I feel for the person, but it's clear what CNN is doing there. Uh, and gosh, they're just so horrible. Um, so now from the right. And I, I after reading that article... Uh, and just being so um, disgusted by the tact that that they that they take and and the the um, the pathos uh, that they approach it from and and just how they uh, pr- prey upon people and exploit people and probably distort. How you, it le- it left me in such a place that i had to um i couldn't go to a mainstream uh right wing media i had to go to somebody that is conservative and and you may agree with him if you've heard of him you may not but he is somebody of integrity and so are the people on the show and that's steve dace um anyway so i had like i said i had to pick someone who's honest because after the cnn exposure i felt kind of like i died a little inside again i could not be more redundant about this they are that terrible so this tweet slash headline is from uh steve days at the steve day show um in case you've never seen the show it's great you can find it on rumble uncensored or you can subscribe to the blaze um you got steve who's the host and then you got todd erzing and aaron mcintyre he's the youngest one on there he has a great segment at the beginning of the show that is called what happened while we were away and it's, um, it's just absolutely stellar. Um, and they've, from the beginning of the pandemic, uh, Steve especially has followed to the best visibility facts, he'll cite studies, all kinds of things. Um, and it has been truly mind blowing to me. Uh, I don't mean this as any offense to my mom who's one of the smartest people I know my dad loves the show, but that my mom won't I mean, he's citing factual stuff here, stuff that she wouldn't as a nurse would normally be interested in, but that she won't she won't she just won't even hear him. I mean, he's talking. He he's giving you the information, factual information, you know, that are put out by universities out of Israel, like all of it and, and and won't even hear it. Um, just dismisses it right out of hand, just you know. Uh anyway. So like I said, from the from the beginning of the pandemic, they've strived to follow the facts, um, as mind-bending as that may seem. So here's here's the tweet. Steve Day said, uh, the last few weeks on my show, we have been uh, we have discussed the fascinating political science study the Democrats were about to be. Um, that is, remain with the their branch COVIDian cult, which I love that, or take the. Uh, hashtag Omicron off-ramp. Well, the Democrats have already made their choice for the most part, the off-ramp. I don't know that I totally agree with that, but um, anyway, he goes on to say further down in the thread, um, we're seeing all the evidence of it now. um, And what is happening to Canada's uh, petty tyrants is accelerating the Democrats' timetable, lest they risk looking as... uh, As cornered as Canada's Boy King does now by an American version to come. So my opinion of this off-ramp is that this has been, as I keep saying, simply phase one of the Great Reset. Now it may seem like I'm rambling here, um, and I do do that as I've been so clear about, but I want to be unbelievably redundant about a lot of these things is i want to hammer it home and and i realize that that may not gain, gain me a following or help me earn any kind of living off of this but at least i'll feel like i've done my part um this is just the beginning okay uh, i also think it's worth mentioning shannon joy brought it up on her show um Barry Weiss in her article called Revenge of the COVID Moms. I'm not going to read the article, but you can find it on her Substack called Common Sense with Barry Weiss, which again is included in the link below, uh, along with uh, the article itself, Revenge of the COVID Moms. Um, as I said, Shannon Joy had a fantastic show on February 8th, uh, 2022, regarding. Canada and the truckers. Shannon has followed this very closely, she's been on top of this in particular. Um, uh, also, the mothers in the U.S. and how uh, even states like Florida are really hanging on by a thread um, in terms of, you know, apparently Ron DeSantis' approval ratings are really poor, which blows my mind because he's trying to protect, it's how brainwashed people are, how powerful the establishment is. Um, It's uh, that he would be trying to protect people's freedom. And uh, if that's what he's doing, you know, I trust nobody, but, um, you know, he's trying to protect your right to feed yourself. and that gets them a low approval. I mean, people are just so, um, have, have have fallen, have, have gone so far from objective, from having a, a solid footing in objective reality that it's, it's really remarkable, uh, you know, watching people walk down the street alone with no one around them and wearing a mask um, is such a sign of just profound mental illness and psychological injury. Um, and you don't have to have letters after your name or be an expert to know that. I mean, that is mental injury. And make no mistake about it. Like I said uh, in a video I made for TikTok yesterday um, regarding uh, our youth and the incident with that girl and then you know, that chose not to wear a mask after the mandate was lifted and was almost attacked by a boy with a knife. You know, I mean, the, the injury is intentional. They intend to do that. But anyway um, Shannon really delved into some frightening actions that the Canadian government may be planning to take against the truckers i mean meaning perhaps um, the uh, perhaps the use of force by the military now uh Justin Trudeau, I right, cannot believe got reelected uh, says he, he says no plans to deploy the military um as noted uh in the article linked in the notes um there's more than one but is that really true um the the headline of the article again that you can click on it it'll be linked there it says uh, it says trudeau says he will not send um military to end trucker and uh scare quotes anti-vax protest uh in the canadian capital but what's taking place in ottawa is an example of self-governance and these truckers are effective they're peaceful uh and they've got a whole thing going there where they're 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 having an effect they're inspiring people they're doing it peacefully um and i forget the guy's name but he's shannon's producer he made the point there that what you've got uh, as opposed to the, to the violent autonomous zones like in Seattle, what you've got is actual functioning um, self-governance and people attempting uh, to get an opportunity to redress their grievances. Um, and the power structure, they can't let that stand. They can't let that stand, despite its pledge not to use force. So could the next couple of weeks see a total blackout and then brute force. Will the global elites go to the mats to crush this? There's um, apparently a massive increase in police presence, which isn't surprising. I mean, that's that's to be expected. Um, and there's talks of quote actions being planned quote against the truckers. The action will start, and I agree with Shannon here. Um, it will start with a sudden and complete communications blackout lights out man boom um so it's essential to talk very loudly and consistently about this because at any point and that's why i think it's very important for communities for us to be linking up in the physical world in, in our communities communities linked to linking with other communities because they're going to pull the plug Uh, and I say that like I use the word going to intentionally because that's going to be like the cyber pandemic that Bill Gates, I mean, they're going to do that. The question is when, and and we have the capacity, the smarts, the um, hopefully the willpower to sustain that and not fracture when that happens. But we um, are ruinously unprepared at this present moment should they choose to go that route. Um, Who knows? Um, Anyway, like I said, it's essential to talk loudly about this to support Ottawa in any way we can and to understand that whatever they do in Canada um, will happen here as well should similar movements arise, like the convoy to DC uh, uh, truckers are talking about. So I I would visit the ShannonJoyShow.com um, it's actually just the Shannonjoy.com. Uh listen to her show. It's on Wham Radio in Rochester, New York. Um, yeah. And she um she really no holds bar. I mean, she she gets into it, man. Um so um, as it's probably abundantly clear, I'm brand new at this podcast game, but I hope to have a series of guests on which may be challenging because i'm not important enough i'm not important at all uh but uh i've started um i started with having alison mcdowell on the saturday show um to talk about the metaverse and as a vaccine injured person it got me thinking first of all i just want to back up and say the metaverse and the transition of um uh of all, of the natural world from the the real world into the digital space from uh, uh capitalism into virtual capitalism digital twinning augmented reality all of that stuff that's the end goal that's the end of the road i know people are hung up on this right now and it's very easy to be uh, and i take this vaccination forced vaccination stuff incredibly seriously because of my history. But I also know that the end goal is the stuff Allison talks about. That's where it ends for them. That's like the that's the goal. Um and it's it's really amazing to think about how much progress they've made, but also the opportunities that we have. But anyway, I digress. Um I had her on the Saturday show last Saturday. We talked about the metaverse that's available uh on the podcast it's all also available on my YouTube channel, which is linked below um again, as a vaccine injured person, it got me thinking one of the people who was integ- integral uh integral can barely talk after working all night in my road back after my brain damage from the d p t vaccine was my first grade teacher. Linda D francesco um, now, after I got laid off in 2020 due to the pandemic um, the, during that time, I, I decided that I was going to use the time to really face some of my demons um, really primarily the um, my childhood um, the 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 hellish road that uh, I went on and took my family with me and some in some respects, uh, certainly my parents, of course. Um, and then my abuse, which my family, I, I never told them about. Um, I couldn't even say the words out loud. It took me a long time to get to that point. Um, but we reconnected. I reached out on LinkedIn and we reconnected uh, this past year as, as I struggled to, to confront some of the most traumatic experiences of my childhood, um, like I said, such as the the abuse that I endured at an inpatient program that was there to help with my behavioral and cognitive uh, struggles that were a result of the vaccination itself. Um, It's amazing that the system injures you and then they're the people you turn to to get better. And in turn, they injure you uh, again in a different way. Anyway. Um, It turns out, uh, it's quite remarkable, it turns out that Linda's views comport with mine regarding the big picture, where we're headed, Um, vaccines, and really the whole big pharma, the whole nine yards, um, uh, you know, really, uh, and I mean, I remembered her as a first grader, uh, as an amazing, positive, powerful force of good in my life and um reconnecting with her has been um i mean it's 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 almost like taking me back to that space uh that safe space so i i want to have her on the podcast to talk about um more in depth about my injury um some of the interventions uh and and much much more um she she has an interesting take, she was kind of at the center of it. Uh, She was very good at working with me. Um, I would also like, and this is a stretch, I would also like to um, have an optometrist named Dr. Padula come and talk to me um, as he was really ahead of his time. Uh, He did something called vision therapy with me. Now he's got his own institute, which you can find again in the link below in the description. Oh, it's a long shot, um, considering he's important, and I was in his care, uh, getting vision therapy when he was just experimenting with these new techniques over thirty years ago. And even then, um, he—I was—I was, you know, he was fascinated, probably. I, well, from what Linda says, fascinated by my case, uh, but you know, one of those very brilliant uh, academic types who you know, isn't known for like their warm demeanor and uh, convivial nature or whatever. Um, but you know, it doesn't hurt to reach out. Um I I have no doubt that he wouldn't remember me, but uh he could still talk about uh if he was willing, he could still talk about that time period in the uh late 80s, early 90s. Um and what his vision, the vision therapy was doing, um, because the brain injury from the thimerosal and from the vaccine um, caused a condition I can't think of now. Linda knows it and she can speak to it, but that uh, that was a big part of my inability to my my impulse control, my um, just my emotional state, my you know, behavioral issue, all of it, uh, was really connected to that. And once that issue got resolved, um, things really started, we were really cooking with grease, and things started to really move along. Um, even from what I remember and from what I'm told, um, he was a really remarkable person. So, it's worth a worth a, a a try uh considering he helped uh, he was a, a a big part of um of saving me there's a a screenshot of his of his website there you go and take a look it it talks about you know under the what we do tab uh you go um, for children it says uh visual processing disorders in children learning difficulties and visual problems uh see to learn learn to see um, talks about neuro optometric, uh, optometric uh, rehabilitation, and all kinds of different uh, things. So I'm going to reach out to him um, doesn't hurt and see what he says, and possibly have him on as a guest. Um, I doubt my old uh, psychiatrist from the second stay at Yale, New Haven's Winchester one, which is where during the time period that I was abused. Um, uh I've re- tried reaching out to him. He's gone pretty, you know, hardcore woke. And um I I doubt he would come on. Um and by the way, you know, Dr. Wiles uh, really stellar work catching the fact that I was being uh treated the way I was being treated. Uh you saw me so many so many times and uh <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm blaming him. Well, actually, I I kind of am. Um, I kind of am. Kind of am. Anyway, you know, they're quick to write a prescription, but, you know, how could he not see that something was wrong? Anyway, so now it's time for story time. And I think in light of uh, about 15 minutes here, in light of all that heavy shit that we just talked about, I think it's time to take a, uh, a break from the serious stuff and take myself back to my days as a reckless college student uh, who one day experimented uh, taking bong rips out of a three-foot ceramic bong. It was a beautiful bong, called Mr. Grips because it had this like like hard to explain, like these little twirly thing. I don't know. It was a beautiful three foot, like ceramic bong with a deep slide in it. Not that I know about these things now, but the point is that um, I layered it with really good. Well, no, my friend Alex layered it with really good weed and and shrooms. Uh, And we took um, bong rips out of there. So um, first things first, don't ever do that. Uh, I don't care if you have the tolerance of a fucking rhinoceros or or rhino or whatever. Don't fucking do that. Genuinely, sincerely uh, bad idea. Um, Teaser. At the end of what I think was like a nine hour journey, I came to my senses in my boxers, soaking wet under the sink in our apartment, and to this day, I could swear that uh, me being wet, it was a combination, maybe 50-50, of urine and water. Um, And, you know, without the wonderful people and intervention, save for Yale New Haven's Winchester One Child and Patient Program, I wouldn't have ever had that uh, wonderful Tuesday afternoon experience, which I was smart enough to never repeat. So, um, let's see, we got 14 minutes left. Here's how it went down. We were supposed to be studying for midterms. It was a Tuesday afternoon and late, late autumn. Uh, I think it was about 19, so sophomore year. And um, sophomore year, yes. Yeah, sophomore year uh, it was October late October, because my birthday's in November, and I was about to turn 20. I was thinking to myself, 20, what a useless year. You're not a teenager anymore. So you can't blame your stupid mistakes on being a teenager. But you're not old enough to like walk into a store and, and buy booze. What a what a useless fucking year. Um, anyway, so we're cracking the books. And Alex was like, you know, what would help us with this? Uh, if we, uh, you know, if if we if we take this this concoction uh it'll really help us focus. So um me thinking uh Alex was like an expert, uh I went ahead and, and did that. Now what still amazes me to this day is that uh you know about two or three uh really uh I mean big bong rips like I was coughing up some serious serious fucking long butter uh I was entering a different uh, dimension at that juncture in time uh, and Alex was still like hitting the books. Now, I don't remember at what point he dipped out, uh, but I mean, clearly, you know, maybe 30 minutes in an hour and I don't know, um, space and time and and the, the laws of whatever the universe and physics ceased to exist during that time for me. Um, so I don't know. I don't know when he left, but but he but he left. Now, keep in mind this is a college apartment. So uh, you know, like college dorm rooms, college apartments, you know, people are in and out all the time. Your friends, friends of friends, whatever. Um, so I had two roommates. One sitting in the living room. Unfortunately, he ate some shrooms too. Uh, he didn't smoke them, but he ate them and uh he was having quite the experience. So when I started to have my experience, uh which was really terrifying, he couldn't help me, he was useless to me, so he's in the living room doing his thing in another dimension, I end up in the bathroom, and then we got my other roommate, whose room is like three feet away, and his door's wide open, and he's playing fucking Call of Duty uh, on his computer, so it's like, like machine guns, and like all kinds of war sounds, and I'm freaking out. I'm thinking that uh, we're under attack. Meanwhile, people are coming in and out of the bathroom. Um, and every time they do, here's what I remember. Uh, I, I tell them, now, I have no idea at what point I took off all my clothes, except for my boxers. I think I still have my I still had socks on. Did I, have, I still have my socks on? I'm, as of now, not sure on the socks but i'm not sure at what point i lost the the shirt and the pants i i i don't know uh but but it happened and everybody that came i was like yeah i I was under the sink i was like just throw some throw some water water on me they'd be like what what the what the fuck are you talking about i'm like look man don't don't argue don't don't look don't argue with me i know i i I know what my body needs if you just 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 after you're washing it just throw some just throw some water on me, help me out, help me out. So I have a feeling like during that process, many people threw water on me, and, and many people probably uh went ahead and just urinated on me as well. Um, and keep in mind those people were my friends, very special friends. Uh, they say the friends you make in college are the are the friends you keep uh, uh for, for life. So this is going on, and while this is going on, uh Dave starts, uh, my roommate who's tripping in the living room starts really freaking out hard. Like, I mean, like really freaking out because he thinks I'm dying in the bathroom and that our other roommate is thoroughly uninterested in saving my life. Now, make no mistake. Uh, this dude, even to this day is the dullest, most like unexciting. Most, I mean, like, uh. I mean, it didn't. Even if I was dying, he probably. I mean, he, he would play it so cool. He would probably just pick up the phone and call like campus security and be like, while playing Call of Duty, and be like, "Uh, yeah, my uh my roommate is uh he's dying under the sink." Oh, excuse me. Do you have details? Not really. Uh, come to you know Sawmill Apartment Eight or whatever the fuck we lived in. Um. So anyway, uh, I came to. Cutting the story short a little bit because I'm out of time. I I came to and um, I was soaked. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, my roommate who was playing Call of Duty found it really funny. Um, Turns out that my friend, my other friend, Dave, who was in the living room, uh, this uh, mutual friend of ours who he had uh, had a little uh, hookup with, so to speak, um had actually come up and and talked him off the ledge uh i still don't know her and i were much closer like like as friends like and we we actually reconnected recently and she's an amazing human being and a brilliant artist um brilliant i would share her name if if i was totally comfortable that she would be cool with it but um either she came to the to the bathroom to try to help me and i don't remember or she just uh hung out in the living room with dave because they had uh bumped uh, they 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 had they they fucked the night before you know um and you know dave wanted around 2 because he didn't feel like he he uh he, he 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 you know lived up to his standards and you know performed it the way that he should uh, I think he graded himself at about a, a C minus. And then, you know, he was going. Uh, Dave was someone, you know, never necessarily striving for straight A's, but you know, uh B's, you know, a solid B. Uh so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. And now I'm I'm off on a tangent that doesn't make any sense. Uh look, uh subscribe, share. Um Funny stories aside, um, I didn't ever repeat an experience like that. But you know what? Um, I'm not promoting drug use or anything amongst kids. But these, those are experiences that uh, make for funny stories in hindsight, if you live them. And it's part of being human. And the end goal of all of this is to take all of that away from us. And if you think that what we've seen with the skyrocketing teenage um depression and suicide rate and the mental just the mass mental illness is bad now i mean we're just there this is just i don't even know if i could call it a preamble it's it's not even that it's 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 worse than that uh i mean it's it's really just and it's a it's a soft genocide too i don't even know It's a soft genocide in the sense that at this point, they're not rounding people up and gassing them in camps. They're doing things differently. Um, I think they would rather take the path of a little less resistance and just poison us to death, but we're just getting started, folks, and it's important to remember that as dark as I sound just there, I do believe that we have everything in our arsenal, and I don't mean I'm not talking about weaponry. I'm talking about ideas. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about persistence. I'm talking about unification. I'm talking about setting aside the stuff that we would normally argue over and um, stand in defense of our young uh, because they're going to inherit this. And you look at, uh, things like operation moonshot in japan which envisions a world where people don't use their physical bodies right so a kid will never go out to a park and play uh they'll never have their first date and make out in, in their car at you know lover's point or whatever some shit i'm just i'm just throwing stuff out there the, the, they'll never have this stuff experience what it is to be human. And yes, a lot of the technology is sexy and it's flashy and all of that stuff, but it's not human. They're going to thieve all that. And here's, I'll conclude with, with what I think is the most monstrous part of all of it. They're not gonna be subjected to that. Steve Jobs, when he was alive, talked, uh, Bill Gates, all of, not, people in the Silicon Valley, all that tech they don't let their kids i think i think the book is called disconnected if we had time which we don't i would look it up but they're not going to um be they're part of that they don't subject their kids to that um and so i think that that should say a lot anyway um everyone have a safe night and we will be back on saturday hopefully with linda D. francesco um but if not saturday then. in the very near future until then uh take care and tune in saturday at 7 p.m for the next episode of um, unscripted and unapologetic have a great day